Welcome to the Confident Close Her podcast, the podcast where we help established online coaches, consultants, and sellers master human behavior sales techniques, break free from the dated, ineffective, and just plain wrong sales strategies, create radical revenue leaps, and break through to multi six and seven figures. I'm your host, Ann Keeney, and my mission is to teach online high performing female coaches and sellers how to win at the game of sales using selling techniques that work with human behavior. Because we know that a business that doesn't make plenty of money is a die in business. So take off those boxing gloves, stop fighting for your sales, because in 30 minutes or less, I'll show you how to pour rocket fuel onto your strategies, pull in way more profit, and close up to 90% of your sales, authentically, humanely, and consistently. Let's get down to business. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Confident Closer podcast. I have been getting inundated with direct messages and emails and people in our community asking us and asking me, you know, what what is the kind of fast hard rules for hiring a seller or um, what are the things that I need to look for like how do I get started with a seller where do I find a seller like all these things um, everybody's wanting to know and where do we find that seller that can drive profit and drive sales growth in my business and get me out of my sales tell me all the good juicy stuff I need to be doing and I'm totally going to do that, but not on this episode. <laughs> what I wanted to do and what I think is going to be the most helpful for you is I'm actually going to share on this episode 11 common mistakes that CEOs make when they're hiring a seller. The reason I want to start with this is th- those are a lot of mistakes. So obviously, that means that we have some uneducated CEOs that are wanting to get out of the day-to-day sales, rightfully so. However, the way that they're going about it is not efficient, it's not accurate, and it's actually just causing more chaos than it is results and happy CEOs. So I want to go over these 11 very common, and when I say common, I am talking about like 90% of CEOs, 85% of CEOs are having this experience and they are making these mistakes. Now, how do I know that? Uh, For the last 20 years, I have worked for and with and behind the companies of multiple seven and eight figure coaching companies. I've worked for the top leading coaches in our industry. Uh, I am part of my second leg of my business. Uh, I have my coaching business, but the second leg in my business is I am a consultant, a sales coach, sales trainer, and a scale strategist. Uh, consultant for seven multiple seven and eight figure CEOs who are running coaching companies at scale at large. And they literally hire me to come in and fix their sales leaks. They literally hire me tens of thousands of dollars to come in and tell them what is wrong in their sales systems and processes and to get their, their sellers um, properly, you know, trained and get them what they need to be successful and drive actual profit. Um, and I really want to talk about the mistakes because these are what I see across the board in the coaching and service space 
whether you are newer on your journey and hiring for the first time or you're a seven, multiple seven, eight figure company that is going, churning and burning through sellers like crazy, okay? So here's the, the things. I wanna share these and then we'll get into future episodes where we can talk a little bit more about uh, what this looks like, but I want you to understand there's not a magic human out there. There isn't this magic little seller that's like a genie in a bottle that when you find that person, they just magically make all this money in your business and you get to go live on the beach sipping margaritas. I'm sorry. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not, uh, I'm, I'm okay with coming and telling you like it is. That is not a thing, period. That's not actually a thing. I want to, I want you to understand there are very, strategic and intentional and specific things that need to be in place in order for a seller to even be successful in their role. Okay. So I also just want a little caveat here for 10 years. I was also a seller for high ticket seven and eight figure coaching companies, uh, myself. So that was before I went in and started, uh, training and consulting and all of that stuff. But, uh, I've been a seller. And I'm gonna tell you, these are the 11 common mistakes that need to be um, either fixed, eliminated, prevented, whatever, before you even think about having someone come in and take over your sales process. Um, okay, so the first mistake, and these are not in any particular order, just write these down. These are the note, like don't do these things, okay? Don't do these things, don't think these things, don't make these mistakes. Okay. If you're going to hire a seller, get yourself into a place where you are going to be a leader and you're going to, you know, lead your sellers to victory and you're going to be able to drive your vision down to your team and you're going to be able to have a seller that is successful. Okay. So the first mistake is I see a lot of people hiring admins, virtual assistants, lead generators, um, setters, and calling them sellers. I want you to understand those are all different things. None of those things are actual sellers. A virtual assistant is not a seller. Stop hiring virtual assistants and trying to get them to sell for you. Stop doing that. They're not sellers. They are virtual assistants. They're doers. They're implementers. They're techie people. They're beautiful, amazing people. They're not sellers. So stop doing that immediately. Same thing with like a lead generator. Someone who goes out and finds leads for you and drives them to your stuff is not a seller. That's a lead acquisition. That is lead generation. That is not a salesperson. Um, a setter. A setter is someone who qualifies. They are the person that, you know, builds trust with your audience, they pre-qualify, they ask some pre-qualifying questions, um, they're the first point of contact, and then their job is to pre-qualify and then send that person to the sales person, okay? A setter is not a seller, okay? So now sometimes you can find a seller who can do both, but in my, just in my experience, I think it's really good if you have separated roles so that people can go 100% all in. If you're hiring one person to do five different things, do not expect 100% of anything, okay? If you're that CEO who sticks your seller as a setter, as a lead gen, as a coach, as a uh, success coach, accountability coach, 
all these things. If you're that type of CEO that sticks one person in seven different roles, that's why you're not having the results you want. That, that is never going to last. That person's going to get exhausted, burnt out. They're going to be stuck in positions they don't love and they're going to be unhappy. So they're not, that is not a recipe for success. Okay. You want to find people that have a zone of genius and then stick them in that role in your company and hire people for the other things. Stop trying to maximize one person by giving them 50 different roles um, when really they just want to go 100% all in on one role. This is a huge mistake. I see this in really big companies, um, mostly like it's actually the bigger companies, like the high six, multi, high multiple six or the seven multiple seven figures. We see this all the time. They have certain, they like every person on their team does 10 different things. And they wonder why everything is so sloppy, nothing's 100% and their team is exhausted and burnt out and they're not performing at peak performance. They can't perform at peak performance because you have them burnt out and exhausted wearing seven different hats. We call this too many cooks in the kitchen. You have to do what I call proper placement and that is putting people in the places they're gonna thrive and survive and go 100% all in on. And it's their zone of genius. It's where they do their best work, okay? The biggest mistake and the reason that CEOs don't, like either one, they churn and burn through teams so fast, or two, uh, they're still the bottleneck. They're down in the weeds of everything. The reason those two things happen is because typically 9.999% of the time, they have the like one person doing multiple things or they have each team member wearing multiple hats. Stop doing that and those two problems will dissolve, okay? So that is the first step. Um, a seller has very specific acumen. A seller has very specific skill set. They have a very specific hunger and drive um, and focus. Um, they're very specific human beings. They're not everybody, okay? They're not everybody and they're not anybody. There are so many people that do not know how to sell. There's many people that can sell average. There's many people that can sell below average. Uh, there's very specific people that can go above and beyond average, okay? Those are your true sales professionals. So let's just be very clear, okay, on what we're doing here. We're not gonna have a, a heart surgeon come fix the motor in our car, okay? We need to hire people for the right things and put them there. Okay, the second mistake is you think a seller should just know how to jump in and like start making that money, baby. Um, no, not gonna happen. Uh, first and foremost, if you're gonna hire a seller, you need to prepare. Uh, that the, a seller is not typically going to come in and drive rapid sales growth before four to six months. Okay. Now, yes, you can find someone super experienced. They still need proper onboarding and training. Okay. They still need to go through a proper onboarding and training process. And that's going to take some time. And then they need to be able to get in and test and get comfortable and learn their, you know, their place inside your company uh, and selling your services or programs or products. And so you can expect four to six months before you can officially step out of your sales 100%.
okay? Um, now, this doesn't mean they're not going to drive any sales growth. Uh, that's going to be up to you. And we'll continue to talk about the, these mistakes, but you're going to need to... Um, you're going to need to uh, provide certain things for that person to be successful. Um, and so the, the, they will make money. <laughs> they will drive sales. It's just not, you're not going to be able to step out and be like, give them the hundred percent reins and be like, go for it. You're amazing. You're a rock star. You don't need me in, in your life anymore. I'm going to go live on the beach. No, you're not doing that right away. That's going to be about four to six months out. So you're going to want financial cushion uh, because yes, you're going to pay this person probably um, more money than they're making, 100%. You're going to pay them more money than they're making you for at least the first uh, four or so months. Then they're going to start to drive sales growth that is actually uh, totaling out to be more than what you're paying them. We call that profit. Um, and so that's what you're really aiming for. But no one's just going to come in and magically do this, okay? That's, that's, it's silly to even think that. Um, don't expect it and, and don't aim for that. Don't be disappointed uh, when that doesn't happen because it's never going to happen, okay? That takes months. It takes months and months and months. And there's a lot you need to be doing for that to happen also. So this isn't just like, oh, I'm going to hire someone who's so smart and they're going to make me millions of dollars. I'm going to step out of my sales and like this is going to be game changer and it's going to happen month one or month two or month three or whatever. Sadly, you're going to be very disappointed because no, it is not. Okay. Um, in, in nine out of 10, it's, it's you, it's you, the CEO, uh, that's not getting what you want out of your team. Actually, almost a hundred percent of the time it's you. Um, there could be some things that your team member could be doing better or differently that would change the game a little bit. But like at the end of the day, it's ultimately the CEO. It's you. Um, okay. The uh, third, okay, the third uh, mistake is you don't properly vet, onboard, or train your seller. And this kind of goes with what we were just talking about, right? <laughs> Look, at the end of the day, um, when you begin to hire someone who's going to come in and take over your sales, this is where you're really, really stepping into leadership. You're stepping into the CEO role. Uh, you're not stepping out. So let's just not confuse that. You're not stepping out. You're stepping into a new role. You're still very much a part of the things going on in the business. And you're still working a lot. You're going to work so, so hard when you first start hiring people. Um, you, of course you are. Because now you have to train. You've got to lead. You've got to onboard. You've got to you know, vet people. You have to properly manage people and lead them and back them into the goals and back them into the metrics. And you need to take your vision and drive it down to your team members. So you're not like what we see with a lot of CEOs is they find some random person and they're like, oh, my God, you would like to sell for me? I would love you to sell for me. Oh, my God. Amazing. Come on into my company and sell. Sell your little tiny heart out. Go, 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 go. And unfortunately, uh, that is not vetting. That's not onboarding. And that is very improper training. That's not efficient. Okay. And that is not a recipe for success. This is not how you build a team, let alone a seller, which is an extremely important role. Um, so when we're thinking about hiring a seller, Again, like I said a few minutes ago, there's very um, specific acumen, there's very specific skill set, and 
talent and drive and vision and goals and, and values and all these different things that make up a strong seller, okay? Uh, they have what a lot of people don't. That's what's so important. So when you're putting these ads out there or you're putting the word out that you're looking for this person, you have to be so specific about who you are looking for and who this person needs to be um, in order to even apply, okay? And then you need to properly vet. You gotta look for the red flags, the green flags, you gotta read between the lines. You need to know how to be able to pick out a bad egg really fast and really easily amongst a lot of applications. You need to know when you see a certain word or you see a certain thing, that's a bad egg. And a bad egg is basically, you know, someone that's probably not gonna be the person that's gonna thrive in this role. It's not gonna be the person that you want in this position. You need to know how to vet, okay? You've gotta vet, not really so much vet people out, but you're vetting people in, right? We wanna make sure we get the right people in. And then you're going to need to do proper interviews and there's a whole process. Um, you know, and you really need to be looking at their history um, and, and all their experience and what they bring to the table because these are front and center workers. Do you understand? Like these are people representing you and your brand and what you stand for and what people can expect and experience on the other side. Okay, so these are people, they're working the front lines, you guys. They're working the front lines. They are the people working front and center with your future clients. That's critical, okay? One bad egg can ruin your business. So you need to, I always tell my, my clients, I want you to train or hire slow and fire fast, okay? We are, we are gonna hire slowly and we're gonna fire people quickly because that's the name of the game when it comes to sales, okay? Um, and then there needs to be proper onboarding and metrics and expectations and a lot of discussion around communication, over-communication, availability, time zone differences, the metrics, the how are we backing into the metrics, the goals, the role play, oh my God, there's so much. There's so much stuff that needs to take place. And then training. You're going to train this person for three to six months. You're gonna train them until you no longer have to train them. Now, depending on who you hire, that determines how long this training takes, okay? Um, so that is a huge, this is something like most people, most CEOs, and I'm surprised at seven, multiple seven figures, they don't even have any of this in place. They're literally just picking people off the street, throwing them into the sales, like giving them a bone and being like, good luck, right? Uh, and then they're so disappointed when nothing happens. Okay, uh, the next, I don't know, I think we're on number four, but I'm not gonna count anymore because I'm not sure. Okay, um, you think they're, that their social media is a sales database. This is a huge problem that just needs to be like resolved. Your social media platforms, your connections on social media, that's not a sales database. It is not a sales database. Your Facebook group, not a sales database. Your email list, not a sales database, okay? A seller who is driving rapid sales growth every day and every week in your business, all day long, this is all they do for you. They need to work out of a database where they can tag, they can put people through, their, every single lead can have tags, stages, um, statuses, 
tasks, uh, notes. I mean, impeccable tracking, 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 tracking. And this needs to be something off social media so that they are not distracted with the dings and the pings and the newsfeed and the stories and all of that. They need to work in a database that has the leads where they can label them hot, warm, cold, qualified, not, whatever. And they need to have stages. If your seller is sitting there saying, I don't know what to do next. What should I do after this? I'm at a stuck point. I don't know. I, do you know how much time that costs? Do you know how much money it costs for your seller to have that much thinking time? You need a database so that they don't even need to think. What is the next step with this lead to move them through our step-by-step cold to close process? Okay. We use group chat. We have an affiliate link. If anyone needs it, shoot me a message. Let me know. We'll drop it in the show notes. Use it. Use it. And even if you're the seller right now, use it. Um, get used to it. Get it set up so you can eventually have it functioning to give to a seller. Um, it's not efficient to ask a seller to work out of your email CRM system. It's not efficient to say, go scout the social media platforms and find people. Go scout our Facebook group. Not efficient. You need a strategy and you need a system. And those two things absolutely must go together. Okay. Um, okay, next, the, you, don't have, um, you don't have the things in place that a seller needs to be successful. So one of those things is a sales database, okay? We just talked about that. Um, one of the, that's one thing, okay, that a seller needs because a seller needs to make commission. They need to make money. That's their only job, right? If they're not closing sales, they're not making money. And so they're very hungry. Salespeople are very hungry and they don't want to waste a second of their time. Their time is money. They have bills to pay, kids to feed, and roof to keep over the head. They want to be able to come in and make money all day, every day, okay? In order for them to do that, they need to be set up for success. So that means they can't have seven hours a week of thinking time, seven hours a week of thinking, what should I do here? Where's that? Where do I find this? How do you find that? Where can I get this? And then they're sitting around waiting on you to answer them. That's not efficient. They are literally going to quit because they're losing money because they're wasting time. Time equals money. A seller has one job every day, close sales. That's how you'll get paid. So they need to be able to do that. So number one, you need to provide steady leads, okay? You need to provide as the CEO of the company owner, you need to provide nonstop steady leads to that person. They need leads to close sales, okay? They can't have conversations and close sales if they have no leads. You need to do that. And if you have a setter or like a lead generator, then they're doing that. Someone, something, ads, I don't care how you do it. Someone or something needs to be driving daily leads to the top of the funnel inside that sales database for your seller to work. And when those run low, sellers lose commissions and they're not gonna stay with you if they're gonna lose money. They're gonna go to a company that is more stable, okay? So there needs to be a consistent steady flow. Sellers are not V8s. They're not looking to make 200 bucks a week or 500 bucks a month or up and down, up and down. Sellers don't want a cap on their income. They wanna make unlimited earning potential, 
okay? So they need a sales database to efficiently work out of. So they track their leads and they can literally filter and open up all the hot leads they want to start the day with, okay? They don't, they don't need to be wasting time trying to shuffle through hundreds of thousands of leads to find the hot people that they want to follow up with. They need a database that does this for them. Second, they need leads. They need steady leads every single day, and they need to never be shy or short of those, okay? When your seller's coming to you saying, I've exhausted all these leads, I have no more leads to work, they're probably gonna quit. They're gonna go somewhere else, or they'll be looking, because that's not efficient, okay? You also need to have assets, marketing assets. It is does It does not do a seller or sales team any good if the company doesn't market the business. That's not the seller's job. The seller's job is not to market the business. It's not their job to promote and market the product or service being sold. That's not their job, okay? Um, your job as the CEO and owner of the company is to have marketing and sales assets going out every day with the intention of driving sales. You're driving interest. You're driving qualified, interested leads down to your seller or your sales team. And their job is to get in those conversations, push them back to the content to continue nurturing, further nurturing if they need to, and to close those people. Their job is not to create marketing material. And it's not good use of a seller's time to have to sit in DMs for days, hours, weeks, or months trying to help someone understand what your product is and what it is your program looks like. They should see marketing materials. They should be part of conversion events. There should be live videos. There should be podcasts. There should be materials. There should be content, marketing and sales assets that the sellers can lean on and drive people to, to push the sales conversion time, to collapse it, make it happen faster. The longer your sales seller or your sales team has to sit in a conversation and explain what it is that you do and explain why they should give a shit, you're just losing, everybody's losing money, okay? Complete waste of time. There should be no sellers if, if your company is not set up for them to actually close sales, okay? Um, okay, the next mistake is that your sellers or you are not clear on the goals, the metrics, and expectations. Please do not tell me, oh yeah, I told my seller we want three sales a week. Great. You better tell them why three sales. You better tell them what programs you want those three sales, and you better tell them how to back into those, those three sales. You cannot give people a metric and then not tell them ways to do it, ways to back into it, okay? Your sellers are not robots and they're not magical genies. They're not mind readers. You need to be over communicating and you need to be so specific it's ridiculous, okay? Um, you need to explain to your seller, these are the expectations. This is what I expect of you. They, these are the metrics, these are the goals, these are the things, and here's strategies and ways and how-tos for backing into those things. If your seller is unclear, don't expect them to perform at peak performance. Don't expect them to do 100% or an amazing stellar job. They're not going to because they're not clear. When they don't know all the things and they don't understand the goals, 
and they don't know their metrics, and then they don't know the strategies on how to back into those metrics, what do you expect, okay? So it starts with you. You need to know what you want a seller to perform. You need to know, what do I want from you? What do I want daily, weekly, whatever? What do I want inside a launch? What do I want outside of a launch? What do I want weekly, daily? What do I want this to look like? My seller knows to the T what our day looks like every motherfucking day. It's the same damn thing every day, day after day after day after day after day after day. Okay, like our, the goals are very black and white, very specific, very clear. Here's what I expect. This is the metric. These are the goals. And here's all the ways you can back into them. And here every day we have team meetings constantly with like, here's the goal today. This is what I want to see. Here's how you're going to do it. Let's talk. Let's role play. What questions do you have? And we are leading our seller to victory. There's no sitting back, sipping margaritas on the beach and not having to do anything. That is, that is not a thing. Okay. So that is a huge one. And I never, ever see this inside companies for the most part. They usually are just like, oh, no, yeah, they're doing all right. They're closing at like 40%. Okay. Well, if you knew metrics, that's not actually a good conversion rate. So um, that, that's your profit margins are probably low. And you're probably paying the seller more than they're making you. So how long has the seller been working for you? Um, it's just it's just a lack of putting these things in place. Okay. Okay. Um, the next is the next mistake is they just send the seller out into the wild and wish them luck, right? Like get out there, like go attack my Facebook group, uh, go attack my email list, or go find people on Instagram. They're just like they're not like they're not really leading anybody. They're just dictating. They're like, go do this and go do that. And your seller is like, and how the fuck do I do that? Like, how exactly do you want me to do this? Like, what are my goals? What am I aiming for? You know, again, I think humans are just like children. And and we're also just like, like, if you think about a dog, I'm not saying we're like a dog, but if you think about it, we do better with direction. We do better with expectations. Children do this. You see this in children. You see this in your dogs. You see this in your pets, right? Like you see this. Look at schools, look at children. Like we do better as humans. We function better with expectations when they're clear expectations. Uh, when we have clear, specific how-tos, this is what I expect and this is what I want to see and here's how you can do it. We function better. We're more efficient that way. We operate better day to day when we have those things. When you just ship somebody out there and you're like, good luck. They're going to flop around like a fish out of the water or like a chicken with a head cut off. And they're going to run rampant and they're going to be super chaotic, highly stressed. They're going to have anxiety. They're going to underperform and they're going to think they're doing a horrible job and it's going to create nothing but chaos. It's going to crash and burn so fast, as quickly as you got them, because you're not really leading them. You're not, the other thing, you know, you're, you're not leading them and you're not um, you're not leading them and you're really not showing them like, here's what I need and expect. And like, here's also how you can do that. And you're not doing that. Okay. Um, okay. The other thing is I, I always say fire fast, but the other side of this is sometimes you fire too soon. Um, when you have everything I'm talking about in place, um, it, it does take time. So you can't fire so fast. I see CEOs that are like, she's been here for three weeks. She's been here for one month and I, I'm not seeing this, this, or this, or I'm done. I fired her. I fired her so fast. She sucked at this and she was horrible. 
And when I come in and look, I'm like, you didn't have a damn thing in place for that poor girl to ever be successful. Like she was in a lose-lose situation. She never even, she never stood a chance because you didn't even have these things in place for her. So again, there's, yes, we want to fire fast, but you're only doing that when you know, like, you know, like, you know, you've got everything in place. You have trained, you have led, you have led to victory. You have set them up for success. You have all these things in place. Um, and, and like, you have to have all this stuff to be really, really certain. This is absolutely the wrong person. You can't just fire someone so soon because you're slacking on what you need to do and because you're not doing your part. And so you're expecting them to carry your slack. That's not how this works. And I see this all the time in companies. And when I come in and I look, I'm like, they never even sort of chance to be successful. Like, where are the metrics? Where are the assets? Where is the training? Um, where were they, where's the database? Like, where's the things that help a seller be successful? I don't see them anywhere. Oh yeah, we don't have that. Or, oh yeah, we threw them over here. Or yeah, we gave them this thing here. And it's like, okay, you can't really expect that person to come in here and be successful with this environment. Like this is not, they're not set up. That person should have never been fired. They actually should have never been hired because you don't even have the things in place. This is totally a CEO thing. So again, we're gonna hire slow, fire fast, but you're only firing fast when those things are all in place and you've done an impeccable CEO job at leading and training and vetting and supporting and having all the things in place that are required. They're not optional. They're required for a seller to thrive, okay? Um, the other thing is a lot of times CEOs lack leadership skills and so what happens is they manage with emotion and reaction versus logic and proactiveness. And I see this almost across the board. Um, CEOs tend to get super emotional because they're bringing this person in to take over the sales. What business doesn't want sales? And a lot of times the CEO is really good at generating their own sales. Why? Because it's our baby, it's our dream, it's our business. We know how to sell most of the time. Um, and so when we bring someone in to take that over, it's not only a, a scary, delegation uh, to hand something like so important as your sales of your company to somebody else and put that trust in them. But we also have this expectation that they're going to come in and they're going to close just as many sales as we did super fast overnight or maybe even better. And then we see that that doesn't happen and we get all emotional. We get attached and we start be becoming reactive and we end up instead of having strong leadership sk skills, we end up just emotionally managing people. So we're kind of like an emotional dictator where we're telling people what to do and we're complaining and we're, we're getting stressed out and, you know, we're getting into these conversations and you're sharing things with the team members that they don't need to know. Like your sales team, your seller doesn't need to know that you don't have your shit together and that you're changing this and you're switching that and this happened and that happened on a call today. And, oh my God, we got on this amazing call and here's what happened. And your sellers don't give two shits. They want to know where the sales are. They want to work with the leads. They're trying to make money. And the problem is, is CEOs a lot of times lack leadership skills. They're super emotional. They think their seller needs to know everything going on in the company. Like it's the right hand gal. They involve them in way too many conversations they don't need to be part of. It's also taken them away from sales. Um, you're, you're confusing them and you're, you're blurring the lines of like leadership, right? When you're a CEO and you're a leader, you're 
there's certain people in your team that will be part of certain conversations or that you'll share certain things with. Your sellers typically don't need to know much of any of that shit. They need to know about the leads. They need to know about conversion events, marketing assets, program stuff, uh, things like that, niche clarity. They need to know only what they need to know to sell today, efficiently and confidently. They don't need to know that you had a call with so-and-so and this was the shitty shit that we said and this went this way and oh my God, I'm a hot mess right now. I'm so stressed about this and blah, 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 blah. They don't need to know that. That is poor leadership skills. I see this all the time. It's just like, again, you just like CEOs tend to vent to every person on the team and they involve every person on the team in every conversation. It's sloppy. It's so sloppy. Um, and it just creates a lot of blurred lines um, between leadership, right? Like I'm the leader of my company and people on my team will know what the fuck I feel they need to know and nothing else, right? Like to do their job. My team doesn't give a shit about the things that they don't need to give a shit about. And I don't drag them down into those conversations and waste their time doing that. It's blurring the lines. It makes, it doesn't make me look like a good leader. And it looks like I don't have my shit together. And it's, it's unprofessional. Okay. So I think that again, you have to remove your emotions out of the situation. You have to understand there's going to be a time lapse in, in the sales process. And, and getting them converted and performing at a, at a peak performance. There's going to be, um, you know, there's going to be things that they need to know and shit they don't need to know. And you need to know the difference. You need to be enough of a leader to know the difference of what things do I need to share with them and how much of what conversations do they need to be part of and then release them to go back to do their thing. Um, you shouldn't have these group conversations where everyone in the company is involved in every fucking conversation is so sloppy and it blurs the lines because um it, it really takes leadership out and everyone's on the same playing field and that's just not how a company operates at a high peak performance you operate at peak performance because people have their roles and they own them and uh leader is leader and ceo is ceo and manager is manager and seller is seller and like people that's how people thrive and that's how they function right and so I think, again, you have to think with logic and you need to be proactive. Everything we're talking about here today, just don't make these mistakes. That's you being proactive, right? That's you being logical. That's you thinking ahead so that you don't need to be emotionally reactive later when shit starts going south and you're like, I don't understand why I told them what I wanted. Like you have to be proactive and you need to use your logic side of your brain, not your emotional side of your brain. Um, a lot of times CEOs are way too emotional and a lot of it is, um, you know, it could just be your, your, how you are. But the second thing is like, you're, you're just, you're too emotionally involved with your, your team and you're not a leader, you're a friend. You're like a BFF and that's blurring the lines big time. There's nothing wrong with being supportive and being a friend and being like social and having good communication and, you know, being supportive and all of those things. But you also need to maintain CEO and leadership uh, mentality. You also need to run a business professionally. And you also need to make sure that your team is not getting bogged down with nonsense, right? That's not how we thrive, okay? Companies aren't billionaires because they're BFFs. They're billionaires because they run a tight motherfucking ship and people know their place. That's why they're so successful. Um, it's just, it eliminates all this unnecessary chaos and drama and uh, dictatorship and emotional shit and all the other stuff that just does not need to exist. Um, 
Okay, the next mistake is you don't understand the role of a seller and you just want someone to come in and solve all your problems. Uh, any problems that you have in your business, you're gonna have whether you have a seller or you don't because that's on you. Um, a seller's job isn't to fix your shit. A seller's job is not to come make you uh, money if you're not able to make yourself money. A seller's job is not to fix your problems, okay? A seller's job is to talk to your humans that you've attracted into your ecosystem and their job is to nurture them and qualify them and have those types of conversations, push them back to the content that the company is distributing and creating and putting out there and having the conversations with those people, moving them through a sales process from cold to close. And that's their job. And like we've been talking about here now for 39 minutes, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things that the CEO and the company needs to have in place in order for a seller to come in and thrive and to operate at peak performance. Um, and so when you don't have those things, you cannot expect peak performance, okay? You can't expect that. Um, a seller's not gonna come in and just solve all your problems. Um, you need to have the things in place so that your seller can function and get the job done. And that's on you. That is 100% on you to do. Okay, and then the final thing for now is that your program isn't delivering exceptionally well. And you think that that has nothing to do with the sales side of things. I, this is probably the second, oh my God, this is probably definitely the second biggest, biggest, biggest mistake. And also it's so common. I see this inside really big companies, like seven, multiple seven, eight figures. Um, sometimes I see it in six, multiple six, but yeah, it's usually like seven, multiple seven, even eight figures. What happens is you think that your program that you're selling, that your seller is selling, has nothing to do with sales. And the fact of the matter is this, if your seller is selling your program or your service, and the person they sell into it has a shitty experience, is pissed off, uh, had a less than desirable enrollment, is very unhappy, wants a refund, is having buyer's remorse, spiraling, confused, overwhelmed, lost, all the things. Let's just say it's horrible. Um, they're going to the seller. They're going to the person who sold them into that program, one million percent. Okay, I know I've been a seller uh, and I work with sellers every day of my life inside huge companies. And I'm gonna tell you, those clients, those very unhappy clients are going right back to the person who sold them into the program. And they're gonna bitch and ask for their money back and complain and they're gonna get so upset with the seller because the seller's job, the seller's job is to say, here's why you should join the program. We believe, I believe, based on what you told me, this is the answer. It's your next step. It's the solution. Here's what you're going to get. Here's what you can expect. Here's what you can, you're going to experience on the other side of this amazing program. And the, the, the person believes the seller, trusts the seller because they built that together. And the seller has every intention, great intention. And the seller believes you told me this is what they'll get and experience and expect, so that's what I told them, so I believe you. And they sell that. And then it's a shitty experience on the other side because all the things that you, as the CEO, told your seller they're going to get and experience and expect doesn't happen.
that's not the seller's problem. That's a CEO problem. That's a delivery problem. That's an accountability, a client success issue. That has nothing to do with the seller, but the unhappy clients come back to the seller. So what do you think is happening in the seller's brain? Let's talk human science here. What's happening in the seller's brain when unhappy people that they sold into a program come back bitching, whining, complaining, griping, wanting refunds? What do you think is happening in the seller's mind? Well, obviously, I mean, it doesn't take a scientist to figure this out. Lack of confidence. They're probably having all kinds of feels, second guessing everything. They're not going to feel super awesome selling your shit. They're not going to feel super cool about it. And they're going to have all kinds of stuff come up that's going to create resistance in selling your offer. That's going to have them second guessing question. And they're not going to want to, they're not going to feel confident doing it. And you're going to see their performance go down drastically and super fast. And this isn't on them. This is on you. Because they're for them, it's like they're selling a lie. It's like they're saying one thing, but it's really another. So it's like false advertisement. There's nobody in the world that wants to feel like that. No seller wants people coming back pissed off that they sold into something or sold them on the vision of something that the people who are delivering are not fulfilling. That's just poor leadership. That's what I see in these big companies, that, that this just isn't happening. And the business owner, the CEO, thinks it has nothing to do with each other when it's everything to do with each other. The program needs to be designed and delivered exceptionally well. From the second someone makes a payment onboarding, there needs to be an on-ramp process, there needs to be an enrollment process, there needs to be a client success, a pathway, there needs to be a whole slew of things and a progress and, and, and results and like all kinds of things that need to happen inside that program to ensure and to show your sellers that everything we tell you to tell them is what they're going to get over here. And we will do everything to make sure that happens. That needs to happen because your sellers are going to quit and they're going to underperform. Okay. As soon as people start coming back. Now, the other side of this is when they sell someone into the program and then they come back, the client comes back down to the seller. I'm stuck. I'm lost. I'm so overwhelmed. I don't know what to do. I'm so spinning my wheels. Where do I go for this? What do I do for that? Not the seller's job. That is not the seller's responsibility. That is happening. That's happening because the CEO has very poor leadership skills. The CEO is chasing sales, chasing sales, chasing sales, chasing sales, and doing a really shitty, sucky job at delivery on the other side. Okay? Flat out. It is not the seller's job to hold accountability for clients or to help them be successful or show them where to go in the membership or show them how to post this or show them where to find that. Your seller's job is to sell. And when that is done, their job is done there. Now it is the delivery team, the people on the other side who need to swoop that client up and take good care of them. And that person, from the second they make the payment, they need to know who to go to for things. Where do I find things and who do I go to if I am feeling stuck or lost? They should not be coming back down to the seller. If I go to a car dealership and I buy a car and then I drive it home and have an issue, I'm not calling to speak to the dealership guy who sold me, the salesman. I'm not calling him. I'm calling the company and I'm asking to speak to a manager. I'm asking to speak to someone who can help me with the issue. I'm not calling the guy who sold me the damn thing. 
He's just the sales guy. He don't know shit about that. That's not his job. Why are we so clear on that when we go there? We're clear on that because they make it clear. It's in the contract. It's in everything. That's your job as a CEO. Make that shit clear. If your clients are spiraling around, you're gonna just you're never really gonna have good profit margins. You're never really gonna have stable like monthly recurrent revenue. It's gonna be up and down, in and out, and all around, and you're just not gonna keep sellers. Eventually, they'll just quit. Unless you're paying them really good money, they'll just suck up the money, but they won't do anything. <laughs> they'll just stick around for the money because who's not if you're gonna pay them really well? But again, um, you know, a tr in true seller's fashion, I should say, in true seller's fashion. Most of our money comes from commission, not from salary. Um, but if you're someone who's paying an immense amount of salary, well, there's not really a drive to sell and earn commission because you're paying such a good salary. That doesn't make sense. Uh, a true, in true seller's fashion, we thrive on commission because it's uncapped. It's, it's unlimited. We have the ability to go any as high as we want, whereas a salary is very capped, right? Um, but there are some people that are not true sellers and they are there for the paycheck. So if you're paying them really well a salary, they don't give a shit. They don't really care. They'll just do what you need them to do and they'll just, they'll ride that out. Um, so again, these are just things you need to be thinking about. Um, okay, we're going to wrap at that because this was a little bit longer than I wanted, but these are the most common mistakes that I see CEOs, business owners, entrepreneurs, coaches making across the board at all different types of levels. Um, making when they're thinking about building a sales team or hiring a seller or just beginning to step out of like the grunt of the day-to-day -day sales. Um, we'll talk more on the podcast in some upcoming episodes about, you know, some of the other things like how to prep it for a seller and, you know, what is a seller and setting your seller up for success and the CEO responsibilities versus the seller responsibilities. And we'll get into to more of those things. Um, but I wanted to start with these mistakes and I really hope that you're going to take some time to either listen back to this or just uh, think about each one of these things and find out, um, you know, where are you making these mistakes and how can you plug these immediately so that you're not making them going forward. Um, if you are a CEO business owner who is doing seven or multiple seven figures in your business, we um, do have a few uh, consultant spots available for the next couple of months. And basically what we do in that seller or uh, in that consultant spot is we'll come in and we'll look at the er two areas of, well, three areas really of your business. We're going to look at the sales side of things. Uh, so the systems, the strategies, sellers, if you have those, the processes for that, what that looks like. And then we're going to do, we'll do an audit of that. And then we'll do an audit of your program. So we'll look at your program structure, curriculum, the delivery, the onboarding, the client success, the pathways, um, the timelines, all of that, like accountability, all the different things that we believe should be in place. Um, we will do an audit of that. And then we also will look at um, your assets in terms of sales and marketing, just to see like, do we have everything in place for everybody to be successful on the client side as they come in, as well as on the sales side of things, because those do go hand in hand. Um, and we'll do a complete audit. The audit usually takes a good week or so, depending on how many people, uh, you have in your team. We usually have you set up, um, some form, some different forms for us that we can have you send to your audience. We can have you send to your clients so that we can get data if you don't have that already, but we will do a full on audit and we'll collect all the data that we need. We'll review everything that we need. We'll look at everything. We'll audit everything. Um, and then we'll come back with a full report, 
Uh, it's usually a written and audio version for you. We'll come back with a full report on here is what we found and here, so here are the gaps and here's their, what we recommend. So here are the solutions. And then we'll go over that with you. We'll have a final meeting to wrap it up. We'll go over that with you. Um, and then, you know, from there, you'll, we'll help you figure out what and who do you need uh, to, to make this happen. And then like, what is the prioritization order in which these things should happen so that you have a good game plan to go off and, and bridge the gaps. Um, so if you are listening to this and these you're checking these boxes of like, oops, 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 um, my recommendation is to reach out, um, send me a private message on Facebook or Instagram. Give me a little bit of a background about your business, what it looks like, your team, uh, your sales, your conversion events. Like, uh, let, give me a little bit of background. And if it makes sense, we can hop on a call and chat. We can see if this would uh, be a good next step for you and if we feel like we could provide value and help you. Um, and if it's the next step, we'll come in and, uh, we'll get started with that, uh, within probably about a week or so of, of meeting and, and talking, um, we'll get a contract in place. And usually all in all, we wrap this up around the three month mark. Um, we usually come in and wrap it up around two or three months, but we do a minimum of a three month contract together. Um, because you do get a little boxer time with me and you get uh, a final kickoff call. Um, that way you can kind of implement some of this stuff and still have some access to me while you're doing a little bit of that. Um, so it, it is uh, a three-month commitment there um, and and we'll come in and, and help you audit and do a full report and help you get some solutions in place. So if that is you and this is speaking to you, pop in my DMs, let me know. Happy to book a session and we'll see if um, this is the next step. And we have a few of those spots available right now for the next few months, probably like two. Um, and that is that. Okay, I hope this was helpful for you guys. Um, I will see you on the next episode. Hey, thanks for listening to the Confident Closer podcast. If you loved this episode, we release episodes each and every week. So make sure to hit subscribe and leave us a five-star review. If you're a female coach, service provider, or consultant looking to elevate your sales and leverage your time more efficiently, we are currently accepting applications into our Profitable Entrepreneur Mastermind. In the Profitable Entrepreneur Mastermind, we're putting you in the room with other high-achieving coaches who are scaling their income and impact and leveraging their CEO time so they can have a business and life they love without the hustle and sacrifice we all know as normal. We focus on scaling, sustainable, and highly profitable group programs, your conversion and launch strategy, a repeatable sales pipeline, and scaling with profit-driving sellers so you can get your time back. If simplifying your scale, putting more profit in your pocket, and getting your time back while creating a bigger impact in the world is on your radar this year, send me a DM on Facebook or Instagram and let's see if the Profitable Entrepreneur could be your next best investment. And I hope to see you on the inside.